Welcome to the Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to the Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adh.com. Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. We've got Alex Ben Block with us uh, this week and next. It's a two-part show because there is just so much to talk about, especially now you think, well, wait, it's summertime, it's, things are kind of quieted down. That's not true. Uh, television industry is hot, and there is much to uh, to talk about. So as I said, we've got Alex this week and next week on the Advertising Show. Also have Patrick Meyer coming your way here in just a little bit. It's uh, the China Syndrome. And Jeffrey Gittimer, the secret of turning no into not yet. Okay? He's not talking about dating either. Yeah. Uh, or maybe. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's a little bit later on this hour with... Uh, with us, I, I, this is interesting. The VW people, uh, Crispin Porty, Porter Bogusky, mm-hmm. they do that kind of a thing. Yeah, and what they're suggesting is Volkswagens hope uh, to hope to spread the, the summer of love beyond the bug, and they've done a pretty good job with that, or mm-hmm. maybe not. Uh, the automaker's new campaign from Crispin Porter aims to communicate the emotional experience of being inside their cars with the tagline: "When you get into a Volkswagen, it gets into you." Hmm. Which is a big departure from what they did before with the safety issues, I guess. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, latest work features a tow truck operator who becomes enamored with the GTI he's supposed to be moving. We've seen these commercials as well. Safety issues, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, it's a big switch from the recent pitch, uh, the, the three V-dubs for under 17. And we also saw V-dub go away. Remember that right. guy who did that uh, weird uh, thing with his hands? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's gone. Um, the strategy worked well in some regions, in the east and the west, and for some models, uh, most uh, notably the Rabbit, but not for the Beetle, according to a VP of uh, Volkswagen America. We found a drop in the price of the Beetle did not increase its desirability, he said, indicating one-size-fits-all approach wasn't the answer. Shouting uh, three for under 17 didn't help, so they're not going to try to uh, compensate for what we are not. Hmm. And, you know, the funny thing is, uh, the VW Beetle used to be uh, a German-made car, used to be just a shade under an Audi, right. uh, which was which was good. But now the rap on those cars, at least on the on the Beetle, is it's made in... Mexico, yeah, and it ain't the Beetle that you and I grew up with, yeah. So consequently, maybe they should keep it at price point. <laughs> yeah, you know? Well, it's I interesting. Know. I, you know, when you think about the great marketing uh, for the Beetle when it returned, not the first time around, oh, the, but the, oh, it's but, the, but the more recent time, yeah. the original time, of course, was uh, Doyle Dame Birnbach. But uh, but in more recent times, you think of Arnold, Arnold Worldwide. We yeah. had guests on from Arnold here on the show. And then when you think of Crispin, they really put themselves on the map with their work that they did for Mini, the Mini Cooper. Yeah, right. And now they were able to parlay that into you know work for, for uh, Volkswagen, as you mentioned, among right. many other great advertisers, Burger King as well. And uh, it's interesting how certain agencies, Arnold kind of came out of nowhere and then acquired the Volkswagen uh, account, and everybody mm-hmm. was sitting by uh, curious as to how they were going to bring back the Beetle. 
I personally think uh, you and I could have done a campaign with a broad bat to back the beetle. I mean, it wasn't that tough. You know, I mean, really, they were trying to figure out how are they going to be able to do this. Well, I think the market was ready for it. But, you know, hats off for Chris, from Crispin doing a great work uh, with the Mini Cooper. And we're able to parlay that into uh, bigger, better things with uh, Volkswagen as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you, you mentioned Alex. And for those people that have not listened to the show for a while, and we have new listeners listening all the time, and certainly we'd like to remind you to tell a friend about the advertising show at advertisingshow.com but for those that haven't listened regularly mm-hmm. Alex Ben Block does one hell of a Larry King yeah he does doesn't he be listening next segment you'll, you'll, you'll see what we mean yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, well, he's also got that PBS uh, show. I should say the NPR show. Yes, in uh, Southern California. They probably, the, they probably stream the KPCC FM in Southern Cal. Yeah, great station. And uh, yeah, and uh, he's also the uh, previous editor of the Hollywood Reporter for seven years, hanging out in the same cities that I hung out with. Yeah, in, which is kind of funny. Uh, the Miami News. He was the entertainment editor. So if you were in Miami uh, any time, you probably ran into him there. Also, the uh, columnist for the Detroit News. Uh, Actually, he was the movie critic uh, and the entertainment editor for uh, the Miami News. So it's good stuff. And he writes books, too. Yeah. So it's, it's good. That is good. And we're going to have him for uh, two weeks. Did you mention that, two weeks? In a, we're gonna have exactly. Yeah, well, that's great. Speaking of Patrick Meyer. Yeah. What? Huh? He's coming up next on The Advertising Show. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about a phenomenon that you need to know about. If you're doing anything in marketing and advertising, it will somehow directly or indirectly affect you, your clients, and your brands. It's all about what's getting set to happen with China and Walmart. Most companies are working in tandem with Walmart to produce goods in China to lower the cost and work in tandem, and the profit margins are still there. But there's also something that's going on. Walmart is China's number three or number four trading partner. Not a country, a company. And they're now working hand-in-hand to create goods for Walmart in every category where there's high volume. Next, Walmart's brought in brand marketers and designers to create brands and designs that can be produced in China with no manufacturer involved. Simply, China to Walmart. So what does that mean? Well, let me ask you, my friends, about brand loyalty. If a brand like Toastmaster can provide a toaster and it's $25, and Walmart creates a brand new brand of toaster and it sells for $7, how much brand loyalty is there when there's a delta between $7 and $25? That is the phenomenon. As soon as the tariffs are down and these goods start flowing into this country, there will be a huge shift in brand loyalty and volume and current distribution in other channels. You're asking the question, so what do we do? Well, I don't know if you, your brand, or your company can beat Walmart at their game, but you certainly want to know the implications of this. Get a bunch of smart people in a room, talk about where your vulnerabilities are from a China standpoint, look at what's going on in China with Walmart, and things that could blindside you over the next several years. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. It's Ray Schillen's Brad Forsyth of the Advertising Show, back uh, with Alex Ben Block here, actually coming up uh, with Alex on the uh, 
advertising show for a, a bunch of segments this week and uh, next as well. What do you have there? Well, you know, Fred Thompson's been in the news, and I really like what he has to say. I'm not, this is not going to be a turn into a political comment, but he's really smart in I that really he's... I really like the guy, too. He is good. He's yeah. a Ron Reagan kind of a thing. And that's the funny thing. Ronald Reagan, don't confuse with Ron the son when you say Ron Reagan. That's true. Yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah, he's... The one that's not living. Did you see what he did on YouTube with uh, uh, against... Uh, Michael Moore? No. It was a response to Michael Moore wanting to uh, apparently uh, chat with uh, Fred Thompson about some things. And uh, in any event, he goes on YouTube and basically uh, puts puts his deal on why he's not going to be talking to Michael Moore anytime soon and suggested that maybe he needs to go over to Cuba and uh, buddy up with uh, Fidel. Anyway, you can probably check that out at YouTube.com. But what he's going to be doing, he's going to be doing a lot of promotion of his campaign through the Internet, yeah, so it's sure. going to be interesting to watch Hey, that. what a smart guy. Yeah, I wish him the best. Yeah, well, It's uh, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and Alex Ben Block joining us here in just a moment on the Advertising Show. We hope you stay right here. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees. As promised on the advertising show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our very special guest and a recurring guest here on the advertising show is Alex Ben Block, senior columnist at HollywoodToday.net. Alex, always a pleasure to have you here, and welcome back to the show. Ray and Brad, it's always great to talk to you. Yeah, and uh, for those listeners that uh, uh, are listening regularly, they know that Alex is a regular contributor, and we're going to have uh, both part one and part two, because we have a lot of content to cover uh, both uh, this week and next weekend, so we're going to jump right into it. A lot we're going to be talking about today is about the upfront. Uh, you know, one of the more difficult uh, upfronts uh, in the history of upfronts recently were just passed. Uh, and for those that may not be aware, it's certainly just very simply uh, the advanced selling of uh, television ad time. And uh, it, it was not business as usual, as I understand it. Alex, can you give us just kind of your update of uh, what happened uh, during this year's upfront? And then we'll take it on a network-by-network basis and talk about each particular network and how they fared as well. But your just general consensus of your take this year. Well, you know, uh, there's lots of good shows, but the big news here really is that the way business is done is changing dramatically. And the uh, the lightning that struck te- the television business a couple of years ago called the Digital Video Recorder, uh, TiVo being the most famous brand, continues to send shockwaves through the system. And so a lot of people who used to watch TV in pattern, on schedule, are now watching it on DVRs. And so uh, once you have a DVR, you can skip the ads very easily. And this, of course, has made the advertisers a little crazy. And so they don't want to pay for people who skip ads, and they don't want to pay for people who don't watch it in pattern. So last year the network said, well, this isn't fair. Uh, as of now, something like 15%, maybe 17% of Americans among the most affluent group have these DVRs, and this is how they watch TV. And the network said, we should be paid for this. And the advertisers, the big advertisers, Procter & Gamble, General Motors, and so forth, said, absolutely not. Uh, we're only going to pay for live viewing. And so last year... The whole upfront advertising sales session was delayed, and finally the advertisers prevailed. But this year the networks came back and said, no, we're not going to do this, and they worked with Nielsen all year, and Nielsen has come up with a whole new kind of ratings. From the beginning of television until now, the AC Nielsen Company, or Nielsen Media Research, as this division is called, would measure how many people were watching the program, the content. 
Now, in addition to that, they're also offering a new form of metric in which measures the average viewership of commercials during a program. And so this is a new number, and it has both a rating point and a share. And so uh, the advertisers are saying, well, okay, we want to talk about this. So now, last week, or in the last couple of weeks, the first ratings for advertising came out. And what we immediately find out is that uh, about 10% fewer people watch the commercials than watch the shows. But uh, that's not what the networks want to talk about. They want to talk about how are we going to make you pay for those digital video recorder viewers. And so the compromise that has been worked out with some advertisers, not all, uh, is that they're going to pay for what they call live plus three. That means that the advertiser will pay for viewers live and in pattern. In addition, will pay something for advertisers up to three days after the event uh, was shown or the show uh, in order to compensate the network for people who watch it on the digital video recorder and don't fast forward through the show. And believe it or not, about half the people, according to the research, don't bother to fast forward. I guess they just it's too much energy to hit that remote button for that long. <laughs> so uh, the, the war continues, and right now, uh, as the head of the CBS Research said to me, he said, over the years there have been two or three big changes in how we do business. Now we're seeing changes every year, and everything is up for grabs. Nobody is sure how this is going to work out. And although some people have, uh, have said this, you know, live plus three is fine, others are saying, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, some people like movie advertisers say, well, you know, if I have an ad on Thursday night, I don't care about who watches it three days later. I need people to go to the movies the next day, so it's not fair to us. So what the head of CBS Research said to me, uh, David Poltrack, was that they expect that they're going to have custom deals with each advertiser. So instead of kind of the cookie cutter, how many 30-second spots do you want to buy, where do you want to put them, now they'll have deals that will include... Uh, you know, some will be live viewing, some will be live plus three, some will be live plus seven in some cases, where they measure up to seven days later. And so uh, all the old rules are out the window, and everybody's arguing about what to do, and the effect is to delay the whole process and make it take longer, and uh, at this point it's unclear if the networks are going to be able to maintain the same level of revenue that they've had in the past, because now the advertisers are saying, look, we saw the commercial ratings, they're down 10%, we're going to give you 10% less. Hmm. Yeah, and with the uh, the plus three uh, ratings, as you talk about, uh, with the movie industry, as you mentioned, that's some significant dollars that the movie, movie industry represents every year, isn't it? Well, that's why Thursday is so big. You know, it's the most lucrative night, because the movie industry, among others, is trying to prepare for the weekend and get people to, on impulse, come and sample their product. So... Uh, the movie industry has become a very big advertiser. And this uh, this problem with regard to metrics and how to measure, uh, I guess, delayed view on uh, DVR, this wasn't all worked out as they were going into upfronts. Isn't that correct? And when did they get all this ironed out on how they were going to handle this metric? Yeah, as uh, the head of NBC research said to me, he's never seen an upfront before where they went in and nobody even knew what the metrics were, that everything was up for negotiation, that it's like saying we're going to play baseball, but we're throwing out all the old baseball rules, and we're going to invent the game as we go along. And so it's literally being done as we go along, and at this point it's far from clear how it's all going to work out. Yeah, and as you describe all of that, and we've got a couple minutes left in this segment, uh, currently 17% of all U.S. Uh, households have uh, 
change their viewing patterns. I'm sorry, 17% represent the DVR usage, I should say, and they've certainly right. all changed their viewing patterns. And uh, recent research suggests that 42% of network primetime TV in, uh, is viewed on uh, a DVR. So as we grow with uh, increased uh, penetration on DVR, this problem isn't going to be worked out anytime soon. It's only going to get worse. Are they going? To, do you think they've pretty much settled on the uh, system as you just described it with the uh, plus three? Uh, well, you know, I think for some people they're going to do it for this year. I think things are subject to change. Remember, the measurement technology is also changing. Where the Nielsen Company uses a scientific sampling system, meaning that they actually talk to a handful of people who represent, and then they project out a much larger number. Uh, if you have TiVo, for instance, or if you're on uh, Comcast Cable or Time Warner Cable, they don't need to do sample groups. They can tell exactly what you watched and when you watched it, down to the, the, the millisecond. And so uh, the whole thing is evolving. The way TV is measured, uh, the way that uh, it's used, uh, advertisers also are pulling a lot of money out of television that they used to spend and now going to other forms of media new media or outdoor media or guerrilla marketing or other things to try and uh, get away from just being dependent on network TV at a time that the network TV audience continues to shrink. Particularly this summer, we're seeing some historic low numbers for network TV viewing. And so the advertisers are going where the people are going. And so that means on to wireless devices, cellular devices, billboards, uh, cable television, uh, finding new ways to reach people. And, of course, the whole product integration scenario of trying to do more of the kind of product placement to sneak the commercials in so even if you skip the commercial, you still get a commercial. Great to have you here on the Advertising Show. It's Alex Ben Block with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. We've got Alex not only for this show, but we've got him coming up uh, next week as well, too. Lots to talk about here. And we're glad you're with us on the Advertising Show being powered by Shipple.com and a program called Tendency. Check it out. Back in just a minute with more. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. We figured out why Alex is so good at this. He's got his own radio show as well on uh, KPCC in Southern uh, California. That's an FM station there. It's called the uh, uh, Call Sheet, right? The regular panelist for Call Sheet. It's on an NPR station. NPR and, station. Uh, it's a weekly show uh, talking about the business of entertainment. When are they going to have you on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? I think oh, you need to be second. on there, too. I'd love to go on that. I find that show hysterical. It's great. It's Saturday mornings are an incredible uh, incredible way to spend some time on NPR. It's good stuff. Yeah. Very good. It's Ray Shellens and Brad Forsyth, and uh, we're back with Alex right now. Yeah, and it should be noted that Alex wears an ascot when he does the, NP- the uh, NPR program. The ascot, there. sure. Yes. Yeah. Unlike today, 
He's in his pajamas. <laughs> the uh, yeah. Well, when I'm on this show, I always like to say, "Kiss my ass, God." <laughs> well, there you go. I and set you him can up. Really say that too. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yes, welcome back to the show, Alex. You know, uh, we talked a little bit about the upfront, a lot about the upfront, frankly, and I'd like to jump into what the networks uh, are doing uh, this fall, some trends in programming. And in particular, uh, I know that uh, you and I were talking off the air, and we've been doing some research. There are so few stars uh, this year that uh, are around for whom shows can be built around, unlike years in the past. Just wanted to get your take on uh, what you expect to see this fall from the networks. Well, you know, even in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of shows where some uh, high-profile former series star or movie star shows up, and uh, well, there's a few stars scattered around this year. For the most part, the network attitude is the stars aren't what sell, it's the show that sells. And so the trend this year is to try and make programs that people are going to want to watch and then put the best actors possible in them. So Dylan McDermott, who's been a big star, and others will be back, but that's not really what it's about here. It's more about the concept. Anyone in particular that you see on the horizon to uh, be a standout network this year, this fall? Well, you know, I think all of the networks have shows that are potential winners. I think all of them, uh, let, let's, let me give you a few examples. On CBS on Monday nights, they're going to have a show called The Big Bang Theory. Uh, and this has got a funny premise. It's uh, in the Monday sitcom block, which means that it has successful shows all around it, which will help bring in the audience. And, uh, and the, he, the theory here is to, you know, that the comedy can work. Uh, at the C- CW, they have The Gossip Girl, which is a Dawson-like prep school teen ace comedy that's expected to bring young women in. And the CW got a lot of praise. They had a very focused schedule they announced this year, which is really aimed at bringing in that younger demographic. Over at NBC, they have a show called Chuck, uh, which is sort of uh, described as the 40-year-old virgin comes to TV. Uh, ABC has Big Shots, uh, which they're going to uh, use Grey's Anatomy, uh, will be the lead-in for that. So they expect this drama about a dysfunctional, womanizing CEO will uh, be able to get a lot of that audience. And Kelsey Grammer and Patricia Heaton, who we know very well, are coming back on Fox in a sitcom called Back to You. And uh, that's got some people talking as well. And uh, the role of reality shows this fall, what do you what do you expect to see? Well, we're seeing more reality shows than ever. Uh, most of them have a competition component, uh, and I think we're going to continue to see more. There's also the possibility that by the end of the year we're going to be facing a Writers Guild strike against the TV networks. So there's a lot of stockpiling going on, and the reality shows often are not Writers Guild signatories. So those shows would be less affected. And I think that's on the minds of some of these folks as well. Yeah, and I guess part of that uh, renegotiation has to do with the fact that there's not as many scripted programs out there as there once was, and they're wanting more for what little's out there. Is that right, Alex? That's right. There are still, you know, uh, some good scripted dramas. What we don't see this year, which is quite different from last year, uh, last year I believe there were nine scripted dramas that were serial dramas, like 24 or Lost, where basically you have to watch every episode to kind of really know what's going on. And uh, almost all of those shows failed. Well, 24 and Lost continue to do pretty well. All the other ones went down. And so this year, all the dramas are freestanding. Uh, pretty much all of them are shows that uh, you'll be able to watch one episode and come out of it and, and pretty much understand, and it won't matter if you've seen all the other episodes or not. And, and one final take on uh, reality. I know we've got a very controversial program that's uh, either out or about to be out, and you know the title, I'm sure. I can't remember it, and it has to do with this 
uh, kidney giveaway or whatever it was. Well, that's actually in England. Oh, it's a European deal. It's and a I thought European that was bonus, show, and it well. is very controversial. And uh, I believe it's in Holland, though, isn't it? Uh, I don't uh, know. It's either Holland or England. I'm not positive. Uh. But what, what's ha- what it is is a show where uh, someone is willing to donate a kidney. This is a person who's dying, and they're going to die within a couple of months. And so there, people come out and make a pitch about why they're the most worthy person to yeah. get this kidney. Yeah. Little, little too far out for my taste. Little but. too far out. Although uh, you know, uh, CBS has got a big problem this year. They got some of these shows are much sexier than what they've had in the past. They call them edgier, and uh, some of the affiliates who are in more conservative markets are saying, "Hey, this is going to turn off my viewers. You can't show that stuff on our channel. We're not cable TV." That's funny. Brad was saying that I looked edgier today, so now <laughs> I know what that means. That's okay. True. It's uh, really it's weird. That new hair gel, no doubt. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, new hair gel, exactly. It's uh, Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show and our very special guest, as always, Alex Benblock, who is a senior columnist at HollywoodToday.net. We've got lots more to talk about, not only in this week's show, but uh, coming up next week as well. So we hope you stay with us on the Advertising Show. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Mm. I love the sound of the rain. Mm. And I love the taste of your fresh food coffee. Oh, thanks, but it's not fresh food. It's new Traca. This is The Advertising Show. Welcome back. Uh, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. If you want to know what's really really going on in uh, television, you go to the source, right? We got the source right here. It's Alex Ben Block. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, before we talk about some uh, big changes over at NBC, let's uh, wrap up programming uh, expected this fall, not in the heightened, most excellent expected standpoint, but really what your take is on maybe some of the losers you would expect to see. Well, you know, since this is called The Advertising Show, let's start with The Caveman, which is going to be on ABC Tuesday nights at 9. You may have seen the Geico commercials of the uh, fellow with the bad makeup and the long beard doing the bad jokes. Well, somehow they've now decided to turn this into a half-hour situation comedy as the cavemen uh, give their take on modern civilization. Another show we could probably live without is a remake of The Bionic Woman on NBC at 9. Huh. And uh, while I hear the special effects are pretty good, uh, this is not Heroes. This is kind of retro in terms of uh, what kind of shows we've seen in the past, mixing uh, action and so forth. There's also one over at Fox called Nashville, which is a kind of docudrama soap opera that's targeted mostly at a more of a country audience that doesn't look too promising. And then my candidate for the quickest fate of the year may well be Viva Laughlin. 
<laughs> and uh, this is a spinoff from a BBC show, and uh, it's kind of, if you remember Cop Rock, where the police suddenly broke into song, this is that kind of show where people who work at a casino in Laughlin, Nevada, are going to suddenly break into song. And uh, having been to Laughlin, Nevada, and seen the gambling establishments there, <laughs> it's not a song that I want to hear. I do remember Cop Rock. I never watched it, but I remember the promos, and uh, that that didn't. Uh, what did, did that even make it? Uh, three or four. I don't four? think it made one season. Yeah. It was a Stephen Bochco show, but it was a disaster. I thought it had a good name behind it, and uh, yeah, that that was. Uh, so Nashville on Fox is that a does that come out of the uh, the movie Nashville? Uh, no, no. So they're just borrowing the name. Yeah, and uh, to wrap up this segment, I know we have big changes, big big changes happening at NBC. I thought when you signed a contract, especially a high-paying contract in the network business, that it meant something. Well, you were wrong. <laughs> Tell us about Kevin Riley. Well, uh, back in March, Kevin Riley was uh, given a brand new contract for three years. And then uh, three months later, he was fired, uh, or he was forced out. Uh, he first learned by reading a trade paper that NBC's new head, uh, Jeff Zucker, was out looking for someone to be his new boss. <laughs> and so Riley resigned, and uh, apparently is being paid off on most of a three-year contract, which is pretty lucrative. Uh, and he's being replaced by Ben Silverman, who's a prolific producer. His credits include Ugly Betty and... Uh, uh, the Office, and a number of other shows, and he's a former agent. He's from New York originally, but he's an agent in London for a while. And uh, he started uh, really with a show called The Restaurant. And uh, this show had to be the most sponsored, most plugged show in history. Uh, not only did they have what they call product integration, meaning product placements, where uh, products were shown for a fee, but the entire show was paid for by the sponsors, like American Express and so forth, who put up all the money to make the show as well as to place commercials within it. So now with that experience, he's the new head of not just what Kevin Riley had, because Riley just ran entertainment, but Silverman comes in with a much elevated title and overseeing both the studio, uh, which makes the shows, and the network. And uh, very quickly he's moved to put his stamp on it. He's already made some executive changes. Uh, Catherine Pope has been named the new president of NBC Universal TV Studios. Uh, Angela Bromstead is out, who used to have that job. Uh, and Terry Weinberg, who has been Silverman's head of scripted programming at Reveille, his personal production company, is now going to be the head of all scripted programming over at the NBC network, working as an executive vice president. So the uh, Ben Silverman era has begun. What kind of programming we're going to get, I'm not sure, but I assure you you're going to see a lot more advertiser involvement at every level and a lot more product placement built into these shows, raising questions about whether or not it's really fair to the consumer to have all these paid plugs in there and, and people aren't being told about it. Now, of course, at the end of the show, at about 400 miles an hour, they run some credits by that have the name of the parent company that put the product plug in. But they don't list the product. They don't list the specific plugs. And then you can't really tell from that unless you're pretty sophisticated what they're talking about or, and you certainly have no idea what kind of money is involved. So NBC is breaking new ground, but uh, whether or not it causes more shockwaves, we'll have to see. More information than just uh, one uh, show can handle here at the Advertising Show with Alex Ben Block. That's why we've got him back next week, and we'll uh, continue the Advertising Show here in uh, just a few moments as we wrap the Today Show up. But uh, I do invite you to uh, join us back uh, back here next week on the Advertising Show. Alex, it's always a pleasure, and we know we have lots more to talk to, so we'll wait a few days here, and we'll, we'll get back in touch, and we will uh, have you on the show again. But it's been a pleasure, as always. My pleasure as well. Thanks, guys. The Advertising Show with Ray Shellens and Brad Ford. 
Forsyth continues in just a minute. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Here are some most happy fellas, the four lads for four. Standing on the corner, watching all the Fords go by. Thanks to Alex Ben Block, and the good news is he comes back next week, and he joins us uh, once again for another show at The Advertising Show. We yeah. played that Ford commercial, Standing on the Corner. And uh, you're driving your Ford today, and you're pumping 50, 70 bucks worth of gas in it, or mm-hmm. whatever you're driving there. And uh, this is from Advertising Age. It says, why retailers shouldn't fear $3 gas. Shouldn't fear. Shouldn't fear, exactly. Well, wait a minute. Oh, you mean now that we have $3 gas. Yeah, isn't yeah. that wonderful? Yeah. Uh, will gas prices finally dive a sp- a drive a spike into the heart of the consumer? Don't count on it, they huh. say. This is uh, actually Jack Neff with that age. Uh, yes, the signs are sobering. Department of Commerce revised estimated first quarter gross domestic growth downward, uh, May 31st to 0.6, edging perilously close to zilch, <laughs> which <laughs> is zero. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the GDP deflator, the broadcast gauge of inflation, rose a higher than usual 4%. Uh, and basically what they're saying, and yes, Walmart stores and Zales recently blamed high gas prices in part. Uh, for disappointing results, the International Council of Shopping Centers, uh, the UBS retail chain store sales index showed a 1.5% increase in the same store sales in the week that ended May 19th, a while back, followed by flat sales the week of the 26th. But the retailers' high gas price excuses are beginning to take a dog-ate-my-homework kind of a thing, and I think that's no, true. I agree. Uh, you know, we're going to go and we're going to do things that we need to, to do and go, uh, and we don't really have a choice, right. here, uh, sadly. So. Well, and you know, uh, if that were really the case, mm-hmm. people would just go online and buy, and you could show an increase in online sales because everybody has a web presence that's in the re- major retail business. You and would think so. There'd be a way of saying, well, let's check our, our e-commerce and see how that's doing, and is that offsetting, and are we gaining uh, revenue through on through our, our online channel? Oh yeah. And the question would be, are they, or is it, as you say, dog ate my homework? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting to watch, though, and I hope they come down. Yeah. Don't think they will, though. Uh, turning uh, no into maybe yes, possibly, no or not yet, that's uh, Jeffrey Gittimer here on the Advertising Show today. Let's listen. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. One of the things that will challenge you about your personal motivation, about your personal inspiration, is the little thing called rejection. Now, rejection doesn't come all the time in an absolute form. Sometimes it comes in just little ways where someone won't appoint you or someone won't give you the next meeting that you need. It's all about your persistence at doing it. You can never... Take the first rejection as an absolute, or you will never achieve its sales in a way that you're dreaming about. And it's going to take all the energy out of you. It's going to drain your feeling, drain your soul if you take the first no. You have to be able to get past that in order to either get better or get out of the slump or achieve the goal. I referred to it early on in my writings as being able to, the, the most sales are made after the seventh no. Well, it's not exactly no, it's more not yet. 
And you have to be able to be persistent enough in order to be able to hang in there enough in order to be able to achieve what it is that you're working for. Personal motivation, personal inspiration comes from being able to accept the rejection part of this process and turning the no into not yet and eventually turning it into a yes. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. That's some good stuff uh, from Jeffrey. It's it's maybe not a yes, but it's a no, not yet. So it's almost there, huh? Yeah, and you know, that reminded me of what my reaction that I would always receive in high school when I was dating, a lot in college as a single guy in my 20s. It was always not yet. Not yet. Or, or no, not yet. Yeah. Or maybe. Well, Gittimer wasn't around back then. <laughs> well, I'm just saying I related everything that he just said yeah. to, uh, to life, my youth. <laughs> Your youth. Singlehood. Would you like to talk more about that? No, me? not yet. No, not yet. Maybe no, later. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Thank you very yeah. much, Jeffrey. Hey, uh, you know, we've got next week, we've got Alex on and maybe have a chance to talk to him about this. I don't know. But they say... I, I find this hard to believe, but they say services, Ray, like Apple, mm-hmm. uh, Apple's iTunes will become a thing of the past once we're all living in a fully wired, on-demand world. This, according to Forrest Research, however, you might not know that uh, this will be taking place in two, 2007. No, it won't because this will be the year online media stores will be peaking while programming is added to free ad support uh, uh, services such as Juice, YouTube, and the News Corp, NBC's joint venture, which we will be talking to uh, to Alex about. But they, they say in this particular article, which I find interesting, digital sales growth never Becoming what it should could have with just nine percent among online adults in 2006, according to the report. Confusion over different video file formats, they're hmm. thinking, will create difficulties in watching downloaded videos, as well as tele- on television screens and other technical problems. Will keep the average viewer from using and buying, I should say, by, uh, digital content online. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, you know, everybody's making predictions. Forrester, uh, Forrester's in the. Uh, 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 Forrester uh, research is in the business of making, making predictions. predictions right. But I wonder if anybody ever researches them on how good their research is. An independent research firm does. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly they right. should. You know, I was shopping uh, at Target a couple of weekends ago. Uh, noticed how slim pickings the uh, the CDs were. Yeah. I mean, it's real in- it was weird. I was looking for jazz, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up buying a Beatles CD, really? which is pretty cool. Yeah, It's the one that the Cirque du Soleil, they re- did a, a yeah. Beatles remix of that. It's so pretty cool. Yeah. It's cheap, too. It was like 19 bucks, mm-hmm. um, And it comes with a DVD, which is really neat. Um, but no jazz. No mm. jazz whatsoever. Uh, and I, I, I've not been in Best Buy lately, but I'd be really curious to see what their CD selection looks like as well. Yeah, you know, and uh, like you've told me before, to hang on to that 8-track, <laughs> I'm going to go looking this weekend for a, a, a portable cassette, like a Walkman. Please. But they're calling it now, for the older generation, a Limp Man. Limp Man. <laughs> well, that's another thing. That <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I'm going to be uh, getting my uh, uh, new TV program that you and I are going to be doing a pilot for, uh, yes. Pimp My Walker. 
<laughs> which is going to be coming out soon, I think. <laughs> Appealing to the, the boomer market, of well, course. Well, you know, it's narrow, targeted marketing That's these right. days. There's nothing wrong with That's that. That's right. I'm sure we'd have an audience, too. I think we should do it. Hey, I like That's that third poll on the right there. How did you do that <laughs> on your walker? Customize my handbrakes. Right yeah, there. yeah. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Good news is it's coming back next week, and we have uh, more with Alex Ben Block here on the Advertising Show. And uh, a whole bunch more as we continue on throughout the summer. Uh, tell your friends about the show, the Advertising Show being powered by Shipple.com. A great platform called Tendency is an incredible marketing tool as well, so check it out at Shipple.com. So thanks to Alex, and uh, we'll invite him back next week. And I guess what will happen is Alex will have to wait to cut his lawn for two weeks in a row, and it's going to be quite long out there in L.A., unless they didn't get any rain. I don't know. Anyway, we've got to Alex next week and uh, much more to come as well at theadvertisingshow.com. Tell your friends that's a great destination. You can go there anytime you'd like. The Advertising Show is brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.